Our scripture this morning comes from Gospel of Matthew. Hear the word of the Lord. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can hear and read these words and that you offer them again to us. And now by your Holy Spirit, will you allow them to speak to us in a new and fresh way? And gracious Lord, will you take these words of mine? Will you turn them from water into wine? Because we believe, Lord, that you will take even the simplest thing and do a miracle with it. So do that now again in our midst this day. Amen. Well, here we are now at Epiphany. Epiphany, it was actually on the 6th. And, and Epiphany is when we celebrate and recognize that these magi, these wise ones, came searching, came searching for a new king for a child, for one that had been prophesied about, for one that they had seen something was different, something had changed in the world, and they needed to know. And so we find ourselves recognizing epiphany. Now, we probably, uh, many of us probably don't celebrate it really too much. But I know that there are a great number of people still, especially within the Orthodox communities, that, that do celebrate Epiphany. It's even bigger than Christmas. And I actually have some friends who gathered yesterday. They used to be very committed to celebrating on the actual day. And now they just want to make sure everybody can get there. But they will have, they would have had upwards of 40, 50 people that would have all gathered from their family. It's bigger than the family reunion. Everybody comes to celebrate Epiphany. Everybody comes. Epiphany 
this time that really calls us to refocus and, and, and to pay attention, to pay attention to what has happened in the world, to pay attention to the fact that, that Jesus was born and it wasn't just one day long ago. It's something that calls us continually to focus. I don't know uh, about your home. Uh, obviously here, our nativity, we do have, we have a shepherd and we do have wise men. I know you can't see them, but we also have a, a donkey and a cow in there too, in the stable there with Jesus. We do have wise men, but I think it's so interesting how so many nativities will leave out the other characters, the other people. So many nativities will only have Mary and Joseph and the baby. I don't know how many of you might actually know this or not. If you came to our open house a couple years ago, you would have seen it. But I tend to collect nativities. I have, I, I just love to collect all these different varieties. And and so I had started even before my husband and I were married. And so I've got this really big nativity that I just love and has a, has a focal point in our home at, at Christmas time. But, but we, have, we actually have 38 nativities right now. I know it's not that many. <clears throat> um, <laughs> trust me, I've already told four, three other groups of people and I've heard about hundreds of pe- collections. So I know 38 is not that much. But, but over the last couple of years, Sean always likes to add at least one to the collection. And we found a retailer that, that specializes in these nativities that can fit in the palm of your hand. But they're so cool. And I just had to share a couple of them with you. So, so the, now, now all of these could fit in the palm of your hand. That's how small these are. But I just, I just absolutely love them because, I mean, how often do you think of baby Jesus in Egypt with a sphinx, right? Or, or up there in Canada, in Canada with a moose. Or in India next to a, an elephant and a tiger. Or a penguin. I mean, that's just cool. And you know, one of the things, though, that I love about it is the fact that all of these people in all the world need to be able to see and feel this in their own way. On the next picture, the next set, this is also, this is like one of my favorites. So this, this Polynesian one down here, like it's literally, it's like a silver dollar. It's so miniature. Like I can't even, I'm always afraid I'm going to lose baby Jesus. But how cool is it? He's, he's there on a pineapple. Like, like that's where he is on that Polynesian one. And then you know we love soccer. So in the top left, there's a, there's a guy standing there holding a soccer ball. I, I don't know. Of course, some of them are a little more gimmicky than the others. And then we've got the ones that, that are just cherished, like, like the olive wood one that my great uncle brought back from Israel and gave to my grandmother and that I played with as a child. But the thing about them, and, and I love to be able to look at all of them together. The first time I walked into the house that we live in right now, I saw one room had all these shelves, and I just about jumped up and down because I knew what I was going to do with it. And so there they are. There they are. I've got them all there, and they go someplace different each year. They all get moved around. The ones on the bottom are the ones that 
If they get knocked over, it'll be okay. The cats can play with those and it won't be the end of the world. But the one there in the top left, that's one that holds an extra special place for me. Because of how it calls me to focus on this story and the journey that took place. Of the 38 nativities, 12 of them have wise men. Now, sure, it's a little cheaper to buy ones without all the extra pieces. And yet, there's something about the focus. There's something about how it calls us to pay attention. Now, the, that cross, that gold cross, I just love, and it was my glitter grands. And you know how when someone passes, you, there might be something that you just really want. And so I knew that I wanted that cross. It hung on our wall all year long. And I went to my mom and I said, you know, I'd really love to have that cross. And she said, sure. Okay. I'm like, well, I just love it. Like, where did you all get it? Like, when did she, ha how long has she had it? And she's like, she hasn't had it that long, Ty. I think we got it at Home Goods. I'm like, oh, all right. So it's not like a cherished family heirloom. I get it. But I want to tell you why that one is special. Because it has all of the characters. It has, it has the shepherds. It has the sheep. It has the angels. The star is there. Of course, Mary... Joseph and Jesus, but it also has the wise men. And I don't know if you can see from where you are, but, but there's a movement to it. They're not just sitting on a straight line. There's, there's hills, and, and, and they're going in different directions. And it just causes me to, to think about how we, they weren't just all together. It, it wasn't like just a big family reunion. It wasn't just a bunch of family who had come together to celebrate and there was a new baby and that was exciting. It wasn't just the, the guys outside town who heard the news. It wasn't just a couple of days later across town being told, didn't you hear? How did you not hear yet? But there was, there's more to it. There's more movement. And, and I think that that's what the Magi really challenge us with it that those magi didn't just appear because they heard the news from across town. The magi came because they had been paying attention. It said that they're ones who paid attention to the stars. They paid attention to the sky and, and they noticed that something was different. They were ones that knew about other cultures and, and so they were studied. They're ones that studied and they're ones that learned. They're ones that, that knew knew about other cultures. And so there may have been this, this prophecy that they had heard about. And, and then there was the star, and this was kind of a strange thing, and they, they couldn't just let it go. They couldn't just hear about it and then turn and forget about it. But they saw it, and it was different, and it was challenging them, and they had to go and, and discover and see what it meant. And I'm afraid that, that if we allow our little nativity of, of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus to be our only focus, then, then December 25th comes and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we might, we might take a few extra days and celebrate across town or do a little bit of traveling, but then it's done and it's over and, and we 
don't allow it to continue. We don't allow that season of Christmas, Christmas tide to, to draw us on a journey. We don't allow it to, to continue to take us in the story to what is coming and what will be next. And so instead of allowing our focus to just stop there with the birth of Jesus, I really want the Magi to help us to to continue to look and focus a bit more, to continue to adjust our focus. Because can you imagine if Mary had uh, heard the news of the angel and was like, "Uh, okay, cool, I don't really know what that means. I'm just going to go about my day and forget about you. Because it wouldn't have been very long before somebody started punching her in the gut for her to go, oh yeah, I guess I need to pay attention here. I need to focus here because this is not something that I can ignore. What if Joseph had said, no, I don't want to change my focus. I don't want to adjust my focus. I, I, I don't want to deal with what society is going to bring my way. I just want to go ahead and live my life the way it was going because it was fine over here. I don't want to have to adjust my focus and figure out how I can, how I can, still, how I can still be honorable and honor this woman that I'm going to marry and and how I'm going to be able to, to make it in my community. I have to change my focus. What if those angels hadn't communicated to, to those that they were to bring the message to? What if the shepherds had said, whoa, you guys are weird. <laughs> I'm just going to go back over here and pay attention to my sheep. What if they had missed out? What if they not allowed their focus to be shifted and missed out on all that they were able to see and then witness uh, to others about. And that's the thing about our focus. That's the thing that, that these magi are calling us to pay attention to, that it's not something that happens overnight because, because even though it comes very closely in, in the story here in our text, it's actually been a good bit of time. Like Jesus is said to have been probably around two years old because there's historical documentation of, of how this king had had all the boys under two killed. And this would have been the time that he would have heard from those who had come from a far off place that there was someone who was coming to threaten his throne. Someone who had come to threaten his power and his authority. And so I just want to, us to think about our focus. What is our focus? If we were to, to, to sit down and, and write out everything that we had done yesterday, from the moment we got up until we went to bed, what would, what would, what would we find? <clears throat> How did we spend our day? How did we spend our time? Okay, Saturdays are kind of, maybe that's an iffy one, right? Because maybe you had the day off and you didn't have to do a lot. But what about the rest of the week? If you actually took the time to write all that out and and see, okay, this chunk of time we spent working. And this chunk of time you probably spent around your home, taking care of your home, taking care of your family, running errands, doing the things that were necessary. And, and maybe there are even some things that you do that, you know, you give your time to, to somewhere in the community or, or you gathered for a Bible study or, or you came here for prayer. But if you looked at every hour, there's probably going to be some other times that, you could have spent a little differently. 
right? Because really, we spend way too much time with a TV on. We spend way too much time with any kind of uh, device in our hand or in front of our computers that, that really is just kind of a waste because it's not really benefiting us in any way. And, and, and if I heard like my father-in-law talking about all the reruns and how there's nothing on TV, right? But we'll watch that same rerun for the 17th time We'll do it. And then there's that time that we could have done something else with. And I just wonder if we would allow ourselves to just refocus just a little bit. Just a little. You know, we're not talking about spending three hours a day reading scripture and praying. I'm just talking about maybe maybe 30 minutes to read scripture and pray. <laughs> What if we actually took that time? What if the next time we found ourselves flipping through channels thinking, oh, there's nothing on, we turned it off and we picked one of these up? What if we just took a little bit of time to adjust our focus and allowing God's word to have priority or allowing just time and quiet, not prayer over a meal, not prayer the beginning of the day, thank you, God, for for waking me up and help me to have a good day, but actually spending time. I know it can feel daunting, but what if we just allowed ourselves just a little, a little refocus, allowed ourselves like the Magi to say something happened and it's significant and I need to pay attention to it. And so we allowed ourselves to take just a little bit of our week, spend a little more time maybe in some devotional reading of some kind, something that took us away from the news cycle, from the repetitive news cycle to something that actually brought hope and life to us. What if we allowed ourselves to just refocus a little? I'm not one for New Year's resolutions because, listen, I, there's no way I'm going to make it through the year, let alone May or even to February. <laughs> I, it's just not going to happen. There's something about it. It doesn't work for me. But there is something about the beginning of a new year that always calls me back to a prayer, a covenant prayer that John Wesley had written. And there are many churches and traditions that will actually use it as a, a Christmas Eve, or a, sorry, as a, as a um, New Year's Eve kind of Chris, a service or, or time of, of recommitment and of covenanting for the year. And sometimes we'll use it here at the beginning of the year. But it's, it's an important prayer. If we're going to really take seriously as much as we love the celebration of Christmas, if we're going to take it seriously and allow even, even Epiphany and the Magi to help us in our focus, and adjusting and, and re, reworking that we need to be serious in how we're spending our time and what we're telling God we're willing to do, what we're telling God we will do with our lives, what we commit to being, who we commit to being, what we commit to doing. <clears throat> and this life is a journey after all. Yes, God works miracles. And our lives are changed the moment we recognize the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ 
And yet, we still find ourselves constantly needing that adjustment and that refocusing so that our lives can continue to be ones that honor our God. And so I want to invite us to to pray together this covenant prayer, this prayer that says, God, I'm yours. I am ready. I am willing. I want my life to be focused on you, whatever whatever may come. And I'm going to make sure that it's in our weekly email. So if you don't get that email, would you give the church a call or email the church so that we can, we can make sure you get that? I'm going to make sure it's on our social media this week, too. Well, maybe we'll even put it in the, in the newsletter that's coming out soon. Because while I'm not, not asking you to make some big resolution, right, that this is all going to change and your life will be completely different, what I am inviting us to to adjust that focus a bit. Adjusting that focus so that that we just can find ourselves seeing a bit clearer. As we spend time in God's Word, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time in devotion, as we find ourselves maybe even beginning each week with this prayer. Maybe you might find yourself putting this prayer someplace that allows you to begin every day with it. What would it be like if we just allowed ourselves to be a little, just a little more focused in how we spend our time and how we live our life for God? Let me invite you. Would you pray this prayer with me this morning? I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you, praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen and amen.